Thanks for joining us for the Anchored Daily. This fall, we're learning from Ezra, Nehemiah, and Haggai as we consider how God would have us remain faithful, obedient, and hopeful no matter what comes our way. Hello, Bethel family. My name is Andy Spence, and I'm the Creative Arts Director at the Prosser Campus. Today, we are looking at Nehemiah chapter 9, where the people assemble together and confess their failings to God. There are two parts of this confession, the first being the confession of God's unchanging character and the care for his people, the Israelites. This is a confession of faith. And the second, confessing their sins, which include idolatry. In the chapter before, Ezra, Nehemiah, along with the other Levites, are reading and teaching the law to the people. Since the law had been lost for some time, the law is doing what the law does. It is convicting the hearts of the people, so much so that they begin to weep. However, in chapter 8, Nehemiah commands them that it is not time to weep, but instead let's rejoice and celebrate because the law of the Lord should be a source of delight. Now, in chapter 9, however, they must face the reality of their sins against God. Now, only a couple days after having celebrated the Festival of Booths, they are now standing clothed in itchy sackcloth and covered in dirt to recognize physically the discomfort and dirtiness of the sin that they are going to confess. However, this confession they make doesn't only focus on their sins, but also the person and character of God. First, they cry, You are the Lord, you alone. You have made the heavens and the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the sea and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them. The host of heaven worships you. That's Nehemiah 9, 6. What an awesome picture of God. He is the one who chose Abraham. He guided them through the Red Sea. He even drove out the enemies in the land that was promised to them so that his people could have rest and resources. And even in the rebellion, they confessed that God was merciful and gracious to them by not having them utterly destroyed, but preserving them because he is faithful to his promise. I think back to when I prayed. I've often focused on my sin and the desire that I wouldn't do it anymore. And I blow past about what, what is true about God and get down to my confession of sin. But that's not what the Israelites do here. They confess what is true about God first. The Christian walk has two confessions. It has a positive confession of faith, which is essentially saying back to God that what he says in his scriptures is true. So in our prayers, it is just as important to tell God that he is mighty, that he is the creator, that he is the healer, and that he is gracious and merciful as it is to tell the truth about our sins. This isn't because God needs our affirmation, but through prayer, our thoughts and lives are moved more and more in line with who God is and who Christ is in our knowledge of him. Maybe you've experienced that in your own prayer life. Maybe it feels like you need to confess your sins first, and then you can praise him again. I don't think that's the case. If we truly confess who God is, we realize that we are not him, but also reminds us of his character. That puts us in the right frame of mind to confess our sins. Second, the Israelites here confess their sins to God. We couldn't get away from that. They start the confession in verse 26. They recognize that this entire time, God was trying to warn them of the consequences of their actions through the prophets whom they killed. This is because they forgot the law of the Lord. Not only did they forget the law, 
when it was presented to them, they did not want to listen. It's important that when the Bible convicts us of our sins, that we quickly confess those sins and turn away from them. Paul warns us in Romans 2 that God's forbearance should lead us to repentance, not to a belief that we have tomorrow to confess those sins. And finally, I find it interesting that at the end of this section, the people of Israel say that while God has been righteous all this time, their kings, princes, and fathers had not paid attention to the law of God. In a sense, they did not lead God's people into the righteous way of living. They did not hold fast the truth and guide the people in all righteousness. However, we know as Christians that Jesus is the true and better king. He rules in righteousness. He follows the commands of the Father completely and without wavering. And the truth is, he leads his church in the same way, that we might know his commandments and follow them all of our lives, so that there is no doubt that his way is right. And if we trust in him, we will not be put to shame. Let's pray. God, you are holy and gracious to us. Help us to live a life of confession and repentance, knowing that through Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of our sins. Amen. Thanks for joining us again today. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to encourage each other through God's Word. Also, make sure to drop a like and subscribe so you're always up to date on the latest Bethel podcast. Don't forget to go to Bethel.ch to check out all the amazing opportunities to connect and serve here at Bethel. Have a blessed day.